Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Box Talk. Like always, I have a special guest with me. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hey everybody. My name is Jim Kroll. I'm the director of business development operations for OPEX Fitness um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sweet. I bet that's nice right now. There, nice and sunny. 70 yeah, we, um, we have clients come in a lot from all over the world, and one of them's in from Calgary right now. And I was uh, I was joking with them because it's generally about minus 30 there right now. So um, we were walking outside in the sun for a couple minutes. It's I don't know, it's maybe about 60 degrees, pure sun, no clouds right now. So it's, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was like, "What is this?" thing up in the sky that creates warmth. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And like I always uh, like to start, I just love to kind of hear about how you came to be where you are. Um, So let's kind of maybe talk a little bit about your background. And the first question I always ask is, how did you find CrossFit? (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm a bit of a mutt, frankly, if you want the honest answer. So Um, I was a collegiate athlete, so I went to Penn State and played tennis at Penn State and have considered myself some form of an athlete for my whole life. And so um, when I got out, I went into finance and I was a trader for a hedge fund and, um, you know, got pretty deep into that and loved it. But I I definitely lost part of that competitive physical side. Um, We were in Columbus, Ohio at, you know, for my first year and a half with the company. And then we moved the company down to Austin. Um, and so we moved down to Austin and, um, maybe about a year in, I was kind of doing my own thing. And then a friend of mine, um, we, we had a good buddy of ours who kind of started just working us out, you know, and I had no idea what we were doing. I had no idea what CrossFit really was. This is in 2009, I think, um, something like that. And so I got really into it. I loved it. It definitely brought kind of a fire back to, uh, to feeling athletic again, um, and then actually, I just noticed that you just had him on, but uh, then I started doing CrossFit at CrossFit Central. Um, oh, you and, did. Yeah, so I met Jeremy and Carrie and the whole crew. And, um, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty great yeah. over there. Yeah, they have something good going on. Oh, for sure. Uh, and so I really had, I had a great experience there. And um, um, I, I just kind of, I wanted to transition out of fit or out of finance. And um, I'm very business oriented, which I'm sure that you'll draw out of me today. And so... <laughs> I was sort of looking for, for opportunities um, to, to, to look into CrossFit and to kind of see what would be available on the business side. And um, it just wasn't a great fit for me at CrossFit Central at the time. And so I didn't want to compete with them. And um, I, I wanted to kind of build something on my own. And so I went back up to, to Pittsburgh and, wow. um, and mm-hmm. opened a, a gym with a high school buddy of mine. And, you know, we ended up building something pretty fun <laughs> for a number of years. Yeah, and I'm sure that was an interesting uh, weather change going from sunny, warm Austin up to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I loved Austin too. Anybody who was a friend of mine knew that I loved Austin, uh, so it was a difficult change. But um, when I kind of get my my head wrapped around an idea, that's it, you know. And and so I kind of knew that I wanted to do it. I knew I wanted to move away from trading and. Um, when the opportunity sort of arose, I just, I just took it. And, you know, I've done this a couple of times in my life, but I sold all my stuff. I drove up from Austin to Pittsburgh. I, um, started living a much, uh, lesser financial lifestyle, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, my partner and I, we just started building a business and, you know, we started underneath the pizza shop and, 
um, with maybe something like 1,100 square feet and upgraded that in nine months. And by about four years in, we had two facilities and about 500 clients. And um, we had really built something pretty fun and, you know, had great coaches that worked with us. And I, I want to say now I ended up selling the facilities and boy, I think, I think we have something like eight coaches who worked with us who now own facilities. Um, so it was, it was sort of, it was sort of a cool thing to see that emerge. And, um, I didn't necessarily do it the exact way that I, that I probably could have, but I really liked working with our coaches. I really enjoyed that process of seeing them emerge and seeing them build their own brands. And, um, it it was fun. And, and as I was kind of doing that, I was still athletic, right? So I, I wanted to go to the games. I wanted to do everything. So ended up, you know, being an athlete for a little bit and then realizing that I needed something different. You know, I needed something that was designed for me. Um, and boy, I think of all people, the one who really turned me on to OPEX, you know, it was OPT at the time was uh, Nate Schrader. Um, he came in and was working out in our gym one day and you know, we we're just chit chatting and he goes, man, you, you got to go talk to James. Um, and so I did, I, I went, I came down to Arizona and started the OPEX coaching and it was just a great fit for me because um, it, it's, it's not better or worse. It's just different. You know, you wrap your head around the idea of coaching in a different way through OPEX and it really, really resonated with me as a coach. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that starting with OPEX didn't partially lead me into selling the gyms and, um, and moving, but I was doing it for athletic purposes in the beginning as well as coaching purposes. So I had a cool experience. I got to go to regionals where I got crushed um at regionals but you know but you like, tried and that's the important I tried really part. hard so I got a try you know I got a trophy for trying so that was great um and then uh and that was that was right before I sold the gyms and um I had looked at getting an MBA at that point I had looked at uh opening gyms elsewhere I looked at licensing on my own um and then James and James Fitzgerald and Mike Lee just go hey want you know why don't you look at working with us um, and so it was a really kind of a fun process going back and forth and figuring out what that looked like. And, and ultimately they brought me down to Arizona to coach. Um, and that was great, except I, I just bleed business. You know what I mean? Like I, I really love it. I truly do. Anybody if you talk to, it's like, I really love the process of learning and executing in business. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, like, what about business? Like, are you so passionate? Because, I mean, you throw out that word, and I think that word can have different, con like, misconceptions about it. But, like, what do you like about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, I think a lot of people put business into this constrained place. Um, they, they view it as, well, you've got to have all these guidelines, and, and there's all these rules in business. And I think what I love about business is I don't think there are rules. And I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that I think that you can build a business in the vision that you see the business. Um, and so you can design your culture differently. You can design your process differently. You can design your service or your products differently. And so for me, I love the idea of turning an idea into something tangible and bringing a product that's beneficial to people to the market. Um, and then getting to mentor people. I mean, some of my favorite clients that I had when I owned the gyms were 18 to 20 year old kids, you know what I mean? Because they're just figuring out what they want to do. Um, and, and so it's been really fun. And I still keep in touch with them a lot. Some of them actually are, you know, OPEX clients at this point, you know, so it's just, yeah, right. And so it's just, for me, it's just a fun kind of 
continuous game to play. And I realize it's not a, a game per se, but to me, I kind of view it a little bit as a game. And um, it's just something that you can consistently learn and get better and help others with and change lives. And so for me, it's just really fun. Yeah, I don't think there's a ceiling to what you can learn in terms of business. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious. You said that, you know, you're owning your businesses. You heard about OPEX or uh, OPT at the time, and you were like, okay. And then you said it was different. What about it was was different that drew you in and gave you, like, such a fire for, I mean, the company that's become? I mean, obviously you like it. You're working there now. Like, <laughs> what was different about it? What, what drew you in? There's... It goes layers deep, I think. But if you've ever, if you talk to anybody who sat in a seat, you know, in front of James Fitzgerald, there's just a there's just a presence about him that is different. Um, and there's a passion about how he coaches coaches that is deep. Uh, you know, when when he says that his main goal in life is to coach coaches and help coaches, he really means it. I mean, that's that is that is to his core. Um, and you can feel that when you get in front of them. So for me, I, I love the coaching side. I wanted to be the best coach that I could be. Um, you know, I put myself in front of this guy who is a master at it. Um, and he also though is very open to say that he has so much to learn and he has so much that he wants to do and transcend. And so I really, I, I sort of latched onto the idea, not only was he a great coach, but he was very open about what he needed to continue to do. And he was also extremely present with the room and with you as an individual whenever you spoke to him. And I think that that's pretty rare. I think that people don't necessarily have that sort of presence about them in general. Um, and so there was, you know, there's a little bit of a, a mystery behind it. There's a little bit of a just pure, um, you know, master behind what he was doing. And there was also this drive to keep doing it better. Um, and so for me, it was just sort of, I just sort of resonated with the whole idea. And of course, within that, it's the success that he's had, you know, he not only as an athlete, but as a coach and as a business owner. And I mean, there's something that's attractive about that, you know, so I think that a lot of people feel that. And what they really feel really from him and, and now OPT or OPEX is that we're, you know, all of us are here for that reason. You know what I mean? Like everybody sort of wants to come in to be a part of that idea. It's not just a business. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just a bottom line of profit or revenue on the top line. It's, we want to be here to actually build this thing, you know, which is, you know, we consider it, you know, our tribe of people or a movement. Um, and, and it's just something that's pretty deep for all of us. And so I, I caught on to that really quickly and was just really attracted to it. Mm, that's just powerful. I love it when you find I don't know, just a powerful mentor, a powerful leader that you can, I don't know, just get passion from and just have your passion fueled from. And then you're like, okay, I'm not alone. And there's someone else who thinks this is awesome and we can do stuff together. So I just love that. I think that's so cool. (laughs) Oh, man. So throughout your experiences, because you said you you were managing, was it four gyms at the time in Pittsburgh? No, we just had two. You just had two. Okay, two yep. gyms. Um, see, you're just talking about business. I'm like, man, he had double what he had. Um, but so I'd love to kind of maybe hear, and I'm sure some of our listeners would as well, you know, maybe some takeaways from the time of owning those gyms um, in terms of like, what did you learn to do well and what did you learn 
that you didn't do well, um, kind of reflecting on that. And then, and then we can kind of maybe move on to the story, but I'd love to just kind of pick your brain about maybe some of those like hard lessons learned that you could pass on. Yeah, for sure. I, um, and, and let me just kind of start by saying that I, I, I'm biased, you know, into a more individualized model, but I'll certainly try and speak towards what I learned from the group setting and then kind of discuss where I think it can go. Um, you know, but I think some of the things that I think I did poorly, and I'm generally fairly critical of myself, but um, I, I don't think that I built a system that could have lasted forever. Um, I think that, you know, I, I needed to do more in terms of building a foundation for long-term coaching growth, um, because really at the core of an idea, whether it's group or individual, you have to have coaches that can deliver that product highly, highly effectively and with high quality. Um, and I think that we had a lot of great conversations and I think our coaches did great. I don't think that I built a system that would have supported only, you know, their growth for a long enough period of time. Um, I think that we succeeded greatly. Um, my business partner and I, you know, we worked off one another fairly well. I did, you know, most of the coaching and the operational and the financial piece. And he did a lot of the uh, sales and marketing. Well, I did, I did the sales closing, but he did a lot of the marketing and he was very effective at that. Um, and so I think that we were effective at marketing but I don't think that we were consistent enough with it. You know, so we were consistently growing, but in general, I don't think that we really exclaimed necessarily the right message all the time. You know what I mean? So I don't think we were consistent in the message that we wanted to give across. Um, and maybe the last part is that um, this is good and bad, but we tried a lot of different things and sometimes it was to the detriment of group training, CrossFit, you know what I mean? It was sort of to the detriment of that. And that's not to say it can't be done, especially in, excuse me, in group. But I think that there's got to be a really deep thought process of what your core product is and how you're going to grow that. Um, because the moment that you start to bring in a bunch of different products, um, it, it sort of dilutes what they're supposed to be getting in the main product, right? And so, you know, we could go rabbit holes with that. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's something where coaches have so much on their plates all the time that, and part of this is because I hear this conversation every day, um, with coaches now that I'm mentoring, but they don't know how to get out of it. You know, they don't know how to remove themselves from the day to day. Um, and so having so many different things that they have to have their hands in gets very difficult. Um, and so for me, it's, it's kind of a combination of those three things, um, that would, would have created an even better facility. And I, I'd like to think that we were pretty successful, um, you know, but I think it could have been even better. Um, and then the difference is, is I think we were highly successful with two gyms, you know, we had close to 500 members or something like that. And, but if we would have gone to a third, I think I would have needed to completely restructure the way that we were doing it because, um, I would have had to remove myself a lot from day to day. Um, so I was still coaching a lot of classes, um, which was part of the reason we were so successful. Not, not me as a coach, just because I was putting hours into coaching these classes. Um, and so that would have been difficult to transition to a third facility and scale up even more than that. And I know a lot of gyms have no plans on scaling up to three, four, five facilities, but that was what I would have wanted to do. And it would have been a complete 
restructure for us to do that because I was the bottleneck. You know, and I think a lot of coaches feel that way where they're actually their own bottleneck. Mm, yeah. Was that something you realized now in your time with OPEX and, and looking back on it? Or did you realize that then? I knew it then. Yeah, okay. I, I absolutely knew it then. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, you just take the number of clients that you have to interact with on a daily basis as an owner and a coach. Um, and you realize that the way that you have it built is not going to work if you add another 250 clients to that mix. And again, our coaches were very capable. You know, they were good coaches. Um, but me having so much touch on these clients would not have worked for another unit, you know, another facility. Wow. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. That I couldn't imagine like reaching that mindset and then being like, oh, shoot, <laughs> what do I do next? So Well, I think it's it's so common in business, right, where it doesn't matter what business you're in. There are simply stages of growth. Um, and, you know, what we're trying to work on over here is to actually start a coach at a level that allows them to scale for a long period of time. But whether you're in fitness or tech or whatever, you've got to build a platform that allows you to grow because if you have success, you don't want to completely have to rip the code out of your, you know, your business algorithm, if you will, to have to rebuild it. Um, and that's something that's unfortunately, I think, highly misunderstood. Um, it's not. And, you know, would we have figured out a third facility? Absolutely. Would we have had to do it in a very challenging way? Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Um, so if you can set it up in a way where there's clear delineation of roles and there's clear understanding of who's doing what, who's coaching where, how you're going to scale up when you double, triple, quadruple, 10x your clients, that's where you can really be effective. Um, and that's where you can scale. Now, even in one facility, I see coaches often fall into the same trap, you know, where a lot of times they start to bring coaches on and the revenue goes up, but the profit doesn't. You know, so that's a, you know, that's another problem that I think we adjust or we uh, understood well. And so I wouldn't have called it that was an issue for us. But I see it constantly um, in gyms all over the world is that they don't know how to move both revenue and profit. Um, and what I mean there, too, is that a lot of these coaches aren't actually paying attention to where they're being paid. So I see a lot of financial statements on businesses and I see you know, $3,000 in profit. And I go, cool. How much are you getting paid in salary? And it's, uh, none, you know? So it's like, okay, well you're taking a draw and that's, you know, keep in mind, I have nothing but respect for these folks. I just feel for them because they're trying to grow this business, but they're not looking at it in a way that they're going to be able to scale it over time. You know, so to go from 3000, um, 3,000 to 10,000 and you as the coach owner are also taking salary and you're at 10,000, that is a completely different beast than where they are at this moment. And they've never been taught how to do it. You know, a lot of these people are unbelievable coaches, but they don't know how to scale it. Um, and it's, it's, it's tough to see, you know what I mean? Because you just want nothing but success for these folks. Mm -hmm. No, I, I completely agree. That's why we're talking. <laughs> we're talking to hopefully start a conversation or, or continue conversations going. So I guess then the, the obvious question is, well, how do they do that? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, some of the things that we work with our gyms on a lot um, 
and I'll, I'll start by saying here are some general business principles and then here are some of the pieces that we hit more specifically. You have to know where you're trying to go. Um, you have to know if you want to have 60 clients and that is your utopia. You know what I mean? You have to know if it's 150 or five gyms or 50. You know what I mean? And you have to have an understanding of where you want to go. You're going to pivot. You know what I mean? You're going to move and shake and bob and weave and all that stuff. But you have to have an idea of where you want to go in the beginning so that you can build out a business that will allow for that. That doesn't mean that you've got to spend quarter million dollars, you know, on outfitting a gym and everything if you want to have 200 clients. It just means that you need to set up systems and procedures that will allow for consistency so that every client that walks through your door gets the exact same experience. And that's something that I see constantly mistaked or mistaken by gyms is that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody walks in the door and we sit down with them and maybe we do this and maybe we do that. And then we kind of hope that they sign up. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> There's no way that that's that that's going to be that that will work consistently. Um, you know, so you have to know where you want to go so that you can put infrastructure and I mean process into place so that you can actually start to scale your business. Um, another piece that, um, you know, sometimes I say things just that I've learned over the years. So I apologize if I start to sound like a real big nerd, but it makes sense to me. Um, people don't understand what willingness to pay is. They don't, they don't understand it because they've never been taught it. Right. And so when I think about that, I think about you have to understand what clients truly will pay for your service. And there are a lot of people who um, undercharge and there are some people who overcharge for their service. But you have to know what your audience is willing to pay based on what you're offering them. And so the reason that I'm very intentional with the words willingness to pay is that what creates a higher willingness to pay is uniqueness and differentiation. And the thing is, is that a lot of these gyms say they're different and they're not. And that's something that I can't be more profound about is that if you're claiming to be different and you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, you are going to end up in a pricing difficult situation because everybody is going to claim the same thing. And so that's one of the reasons why we like an individualized model is because you can show tangible evidence that you are truly operating in a different way than other folks because it's a one-to-one -one relationship. There's nothing easier to explain than saying, I work with you, you know, because then, oh, interesting, right? And so, you know, to not go too deeply into the individual design section, you have to remember that willingness to pay is moved by differentiation and it's, you know, the pieces underneath that are advertising, marketing, consistency, all of those pieces, right? So if we're talking about what, what will allow you to get more people to pay the price that you have on your front door, it's all of the things that underlie being different. And marketing is one of the components that is being different. And I, I just wrote an article um, Zen Planner came out with some great data that they've got from their system. Um, and I was just, I was looking at it and I could see that a lot of people might have some difficulty interpreting the data. Um, and so one of the things that I really noticed is how low marketing spend was on a lot of these gyms. And I'm not saying that you've got to go spend all of your money in marketing at all. I'm just saying that you have to know that marketing is a part of a long-term business. 
um, and you have to be effective with your marketing. You might choose, though, to do a network-style marketing play, but if you spend 20 hours a week doing network marketing, you should get paid for it, at least in terms of your business paying you, which, by the way, then means you have less profit, but at least you recognize that there is a component of spend that you are spending, whether you want to call it cash or opportunity cost, you're spending time doing network marketing. So the biggest last thing that is so, so, so critical, you have to measure. You have to measure what's actually happening inside of your business. That's just a pure business play having nothing to do with fitness specifically. But I cannot tell you how many people I speak to doesn't matter what fitness model they're in and they have no clue what's actually happening inside of their business. They're hoping that their bank account goes up at the end of the month. And you know, there's nothing more challenging than trying to run a business with no information. You know, so we talk at length with our gyms about you have to track and I mean top to bottom. You have to track financials. You have to track conversion rates in sales and marketing. You have to track your retention rate in coaching. All that stuff has to be done. And I mean, just a, a small framework that might be beneficial for people. We basically like to look at our business from the bottom up and whether top down, bottom up, bottom, that didn't mean anything. But, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, is that I like to look at it from fulfillment first. So how effectively are you actually maintaining your clients? If you don't know your exact retention rate, you're going to lose. And I mean, from a gym standpoint, and we actually track at a coach standpoint as well, so that you have a clear understanding of what your coaches are retaining every single month. And then by the way, they are managed on that number. So if you have a specific number that you as a facility know that you need to hit, let's say, I don't know, 93% retention rate, right? So let's say that that's your number. Well, what happens if you've got four coaches at 95 and one coach at 80? Right? You know, so uh -oh. yeah, exactly. Right. And, and the thing is, not enough gyms understand their gym's retention rate and virtually no gyms understand their coach's retention rate. And that is definitely something that is challenging in a group environment. It's very difficult to know a, a specific coaches because they might you might have three coaches who touch, you know, the same client. Um, and so it is difficult at the group level. And again, that's another reason why we like the model that we're in. But you have to understand retention. So if the if the bottom rung is fulfillment and retention, the next rung would be sales. And so you have to understand what your conversion rate is from when they actually come in and start talking to you to whether they become a client or not. And you need to manage yourself if you're the seller or a salesperson or an admin on that number. Because you need to be very clear on how effectively you are closing people. Because there's nothing more frustrating than getting 50 leads to come in your door and you don't close any of them. You know, so you increase your percentage rate by a couple points and all of a sudden your business is completely transformed. You know, so again, we like to go bottom up. And so the third piece would be marketing and advertising. How many people are you putting in front of yourself as a selling person or your sales team? You know, so if you only get four leads a month, you better close all of them, but you then better look at getting the next month moving to eight or moving to 10. You know, and those are just general business principles, you know, for the most part within kind of a fitness, uh, you know, uh, structure um, inside of groups specifically. 
you have to manage retention. Um, and I know that that's a difficult thing to do, but I, I mean, I can't tell you how many gyms are bringing in five and churning seven right now. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very real thing happening in the market and it's something that needs to be discussed, you know, at the owner level daily, you know, you have to put pieces into play that will tangibly improve your retention. If you don't know your retention, nothing is going to work because you won't know if you got better or not, <laughs> you know? So, okay. Again, you can see, I get fairly passionate about this stuff, but yeah, I was going to say, do you like business stuff? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so it's just something where, uh, you know, to, to sort of try to tie it to something very real for gym owners, you know, a lot of people started owning gyms when they were 22 to 26 and now they're 26 to 32 and now they're starting to get married and have families and they're saying, I don't know how to actually make enough money to, to succeed with a family. So when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about all the gyms that need to make a thousand more dollars a month to eat, you know, or they need to make a thousand more dollars a month because they just had a kid. And it's not about a one time hit, right? It's about a business that consistently allows you to grow. And within that system, you have to build structure that allows all of the moving parts of the system to succeed, right? So we would consider that the three major stakeholders. So the coach, the client, and the owner have to win. They have to. Otherwise, it's not a good model. I mean, however you want to look at it, if your coaches can't go anywhere, you know, with their coaching, it's a bad model because they're going to churn out and they're going to open up a gym across the street. How many people have seen that happen? You know, so many people have seen that happen. Um, and then if you're not actually thinking about the client and their experience and how long they be, how long they stay as your client and the value to your business and their long-term appreciation and value that they get from coming to your gym, that's not a winning system. You know, if you're not thinking about that and then so many owners, they just try so hard for their clients and so hard for their coaches and they're getting crushed as an owner. You know, so you can't not put the owner in that equation. And the thing about it is, is that from my experience, I should say all our experience here at OPEX, your clients want you to win. You know, they want you to succeed. They don't want you to gouge them. They want you to succeed because <laughs> they want to talk about the great place that they're going to get healthy. You know, so you have to put all three of those people into play if you want a quality model to work for you. And unfortunately, I just think that, too many gyms just, you know, one, two or three of those stakeholders are not succeeding. Um, and the problem is that it's not that they're not succeeding. It's that the model that they have built. And let's be honest, the model is on you as an individual and as an owner. You haven't built a model that allows for consistent success for all three. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I bet some people are heads are spinning and they're like, oh my gosh, he's so yeah. right. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, I have a huge privilege. I mean, I look at it as an obligation based on my role, right? But I get to speak to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gyms um, and in a lot of different models, right? And I'm not talking about group or individual. I'm just talking about fitness. And, I, you know, I, I have this, I don't, I hope this goes over the right way. We'll see if it does or doesn't. You know what? I'm but, about controversy, so have at it. This is great. <laughs> no, I, I have this view of fitness that a lot of people view fitness as like, I'm going to be fulfilled 24-7, 365. It's going to be all butterflies and rainbows and 
And, you know, it's just going to be awesome. And the problem is, is that they forget that it's business and that there's competition and there's more and more and more competition every day. And if we go back to the willingness to pay conversation, the more businesses that are doing what you're doing, the more likely clients are going to try something else and be less willing to pay for your service. So you better be really good at your fulfillment and with your retention because it's harder to get a new client than it is to retain a current one. If you think that it's harder to retain a client, you're coaching them wrong. So you should be able to retain clients because you're building relationships with them, because you're spending time with them, because you're writing them a great program that works for them, and because you're really thinking about their long-term progression. Because people forget, right? You are in business because you're helping people get healthy and enjoy the ride. So a lot of times we talk to our clients and of course we have a huge love for athletes, right? You know, there is a piece of our business that's very built around athletes. Our gym's focus is not athletes because there's not enough athletes in the world to create a consistent fitness business. Now, mind you, when I say athlete, I'm talking about somebody who is using, whether it be the sport of fitness or, you know, basketball, football, whatever the sport is, as a way of living. So when we talk athlete, that's what we mean. And so there's not enough of them to build a business on that. That doesn't mean that somebody might not come into your gym and want that. It just means that to build a business, that's not the play. <laughs> and people need to remember that. Um, because if you're trying to build consistency, you better go after the right market. Uh, and so that's something we talk to our businesses about a lot is who are they going after. And every single gym in our licensing program has a very specific target market, not only based on them as an individual, but their business and the culture inside of their business, the area that they live in and the demographics that they want to serve. So you have to understand that because you know, I hear so many people talk about, oh, yeah, I want 35 to 50 year olds and I want to help them get healthy. And what's on their website? Butterfly pull up and squat snatch. It's like, come on, it's not going to work. There ain't nobody doing you know? that. Let's be real, guys. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, and, and again, it's that they, you know, it's that they just so badly want to, to give people that feeling of athleticism. And that's awesome. There's so much power to that. But just remember what athleticism really is. It's individual to the person. So if you have somebody that um, is 30 pounds overweight, is a, let's just say, father of two, works 65 hours a week, hasn't worked out in four years, and you want to talk to them about athleticism, you should probably talk about, let's get you a strict pull-up. Because how good would you feel if you could do a strict pull-up and then do a push-up with your kid on your back? You know, but really, you know, let's, let's talk about function, right? What is the function of your audience? The function is that they need to be healthy and enjoy the ride. And I'm going to keep saying that. But if you have people that are trying to do things that their body is not designed to do, that's a difficult thing to maintain for years and years and years and years. And what we're trying to play is we're trying to play the very long game. We're not trying to play the next six months game, the next one year game. We're talking, we want clients to be with our gyms for 10 years. And we want our gyms to think that way too. So they need to think about a program that meets the client where they are 
and then allows them to progress forward at their own rate. And all of us know that everybody progresses at a different rate. So you have to think about what they need today because you need to think about the next three months based on where they are today. And it doesn't mean that the idea of scaling or something like that is wrong. It just means that it's really, really difficult in a complete group environment to put the right movements or the right weights or the right activity, you know, how hard they're working into every single workout, you know? And so if I go back to one of the pieces we hit earlier, if you actually were going to try to, to be that specific for each client in a group setting, you need to have master coaches. And if you're paying your coaches 15 bucks an hour for 10 classes a week, they're out of there in a pretty short amount of time because they can't eat. <laughs> you know, true. so yeah. So if we're talking about how the system is going to build, it's going to be great coaches building great relationships and being there for a long time. Goes back to the coach has to win too. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's a really fun thing to really sort of break down and process out. And, you know, for OPEC specifically, that's why we're so intentional with the very specifics of the model. Right. You've got to do something that you understand and can track and measure and understand where your upside is, understand what you're ineffective on, understand where you're wasting time. Um, you have to know those things. Um, you know, so when we bring coaches in, it's, it's a wake up call for them. I mean, and actually, even when we're talking to them before they sign up for the program, we're, you know, I keep using the word intentional, but we push them before they even sign up because it's not an easy process to go through. Their first stage of our process is six months with weekly 90-minute calls with us, homework, PDF content, and videos. It's like that's how you start the onboarding process as an OPEX gym. And by the way, that's after you've done education with OPEX. So, But why do we do that? Because all of our gyms are going to speak the same language. They're going to coach clients in a similar way that's effective. Um, they're going to really be able to meet the client where they are and progress them for a long period of time. And as a business owner, they're really going to be able to look at what's going on inside of their business so that they can have, a, you know, essentially um, a reporting system to run their own playbook, right? Which, by the way, they're designing through this six-month process. You know, so it's it's kind of fun. Actually, I mean, I don't whatever it's inside knowledge or whatever, but um, the very last call that they do in the first six months, we still do calls every month after. We just don't do them weekly. Their last call is actually a business pitch. Um, so, so right. So talk about, you know, trial by fire. But why do we want to do that? The reason is because we want the right coaches who are committed and who are who get excited for that last pitch because they put 24 straight weeks of hard work into this thing. They're ready. So when they give that pitch and they get feedback on it, it's like talk about being ready to really implement what they're going to do. They're ready. Um, you know, so anyways, you know, our approach is obviously a very hands-on approach. And then just like we would with our clients, our, you know, we get less hands-on over time. But in the beginning, they need a lot of touches because they've never been taught how to do it. Okay. Yeah, and, and you kind of mentioned, and I just kind of want to ask a little bit more detail on it, like OPEX Gym and, and the licensing. Um, what What's going on with that? Like, what are you guys doing specifically? Kind of outline outline that for us. Sure. Um, we are trying to provide a different style of facility for gym owners to run. 
Um, our goal is just like OPEX as a whole, we want to educate coaches on how to live long, successful lives in fitness. Um, we definitely took a lot of the things that we think are challenging coaches today, and we tried to make sure that our program addressed those things. So all of the business components that we've discussed are all contained inside of the program. So they go through 24 different weeks of content to help them understand how to run a business just as much as how to run an OPEX model. But really where we're trying to sit very, very differently from other folks is that what you get inside of the program is a bunch of support. So when you come into this thing, not only do you get 90 minute business calls with James and me every week with the group that you're with, you also get 90 minute coaching calls for you and your entire coaching team from James Fitzgerald, Henry Toronto, and Mike Lee. Um, and what they work with them on is they actually get client examples and they run through exact examples of client training programs and how to progress those clients. So on a weekly basis, you might discuss male, female, 50 years old, 30 years old, hard charger, Buffalo style of person, you know, so you're going to discuss so many different styles of people and it's for you and your coaches. You also get full access to me as a consultant for the first six months. So when we're talking about building a business, I hop on calls with people every day to discuss how they specifically can work inside of their business. But really it's about going through all of this laid out content them doing the practice of actually implementing these pieces into their facilities because they owe us a homework that gets, you know, we've got private Facebook groups and all that fun stuff, but they upload it into a group and James and I are actually commenting on their stuff in front of the other people in the group so that all of them can collaborate and build out their own, you know, specifics inside of their gym. So, you know, the reason why we're pretty confident in that is because we also offer territory protection. So there's not going to ever be another OPEX gym within X number of miles of your facility. So you can actually build the system out the right way over time. You can give your coaches a really great platform to, to, to grow with. So in our system, we actually have it laid out how you pay your coaches and how you progress that over time so that your coaches can actually get a lot of individualized coaching touches on clients, but also build financially so that they can be a coach for you for a long period of time. Um, you know, so that's very, very basic um, in terms of what the program is, but it's, it's very much designed to support our gyms on an ongoing basis. And then after that six months, we still give the weekly coaching call. So that goes forever. Um, but the, the business calls go to once per month and that becomes with all of our licenses and that, you know, you know to not go too in detail, we're going to have some additional um, stages of business, right? So if you want to open a second facility, it's like, cool, there's the next content piece. You know, if you want to do this, there's the next content piece. Um, and that would, of course, be accompanied with support and calls. Um, you know, so that's really our goal is to give them as much access as we can in order, you know, we still want to, to, to grow this thing, you know, so I can't spend every second, you know, having consultation calls. Um, but I was going to say, what happens when your calendar fills up and you have no more time for calls? Who are they going to talk to? <laughs> so if we're talking about business practices, right, we're already designing the next layer of actually who are going to help our, our coaches. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, you're putting right into place what you already talked about, the business systems, having ideas for the future. Yeah, and you know, because our, our goal is not to have, you know, 10,000 of these gyms. That's really not what we're going for. We want to have the highest quality gyms with you know, the longest standing, we, we would consider our, our gyms clients, right? So just like we're talking about retention, we want to retain as many of our gyms as we can. 
you know, because that allows for scalability for our business. That allows for those, that must mean that those coaches are growing and enjoying the process. That means that their clients are having good experiences because our gyms are having great experiences. Um, There's just a lot of components that we want to help them, um, you know, put some structure around so that they can actually understand how they can have a family over time so that they can forecast when they're going to need to bring on a new a new coach or somebody on the sales team. You know what I mean? Um, So it's it's a combination of, of fitness coaching and a continued mastery of that. And now there's we kind of the licensing, we would consider that sort of the business and then the mastery of that. Um, and so far so good, you know, we're kind of, we're putting facilities kind of all over the world at this point and, uh, we've only been doing it for about seven months and having some good success so far. Wow. I'm just going to say that was a basic outline and like, I felt like I was going to have to go back to school because <laughs> that was just like, it's, it sounds crazy. I mean, good in a really, really good way, but just like in depth, like a lot of interesting stuff is going to happen. It's, it's certainly not for everybody. I'm not going to sit around and say that. And, um, you know, our, our gyms, they really earn, they earn, you know, their stripes, right? And we want to help them earn their own stripes for their own business. You know, so one thing that we actually have done is everybody has an OPEX name, but they don't have to brand as an OPEX facility if they, if they want to be, you know, their own brand and great, you know what I mean? We still want to support them. We still want them to grow. They're still looked at as an OPEX gym, right? And on our OPEX gym map, you know, they're an OPEX facility. Um, but we want to give the coach the autonomy to be creative in how they run their program. Now, that being said, they have all of the underlying foundation with which to structure their business so that they can be creative, Right. When you're too creative without a foundation, that's when you just kind of flounder, you know, in the wind. But if you have a great structure underneath you, just like if you were a coach, you can then be so creative in your programming that you can succeed for a long period of time with your clients um, and and your coaches, which ultimately leads to your success as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys haven't picked up on it, a foundation is like super important to Jim in any business out there. So maybe get one of those. <laughs> yeah, we talk, uh, we talk just constantly about standard operating procedures. You know, how are you running your gym? How are you doing it? Let me see it. You know what I mean? Show me it. And, and, um, and so they're put on the spot a lot, but those are, you know, that's the type of people that we want to come in. Um, and, and the folks who have gone through it have done a really nice job with it. Um, we've got three groups running currently right now. And, um, it's just been fun to watch them build businesses. And what we really enjoy, too, is, you know, now we're starting to see all the OPEX branding out there. Um, and, you know, we're just getting started. So it's been really fun. And, and our goal is to create a really a really great environment for coaches to want to participate with OPEX in. You know, so we want to support them enough where they want to post about OPEX all the time, you know, and they want because, right, just business principle, right? If they're influencers in their community, which they are highly influential in their community, that's going to do nothing but help OPEX, right? So we're not ashamed to say that we want to build the business of OPEX too. I mean, if you didn't, I'd be like, are you a real business person or are you sure you love business? (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, no, but, and I just think it's neat too, just even looking at you personally and your story, like you own businesses, but I almost think you've found your your niche and your thing and your passion in just teaching other people about business. I just think that's fascinating. Like you thought it was owning a business, but it's actually 
mentoring and educating and you love it. Yeah. And I mean, something that works for me, it doesn't work for everybody, but uh, I think I said right up front, like when I wrap my head around an idea, it's, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's, that's it. There's no, there's nothing outside of that. So um, until something changes inside of me, you know, it's like, this is what I'm doing a hundred percent and, and we're going to do it as best as we can. And um, it's been really fun to do it, you know, with OPEX and I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited to build it. Um, it's been fun. Awesome. Well, I guess, Jim, I would love to know one last thing from you. If you could give, this is going to be, this is probably going to be hard, but if you could give an affiliate owner any one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a, that's a really good one. I want to think for 10 seconds and then give an answer. Do you want me to sing um, the Jeopardy music or? Right? Yeah. You might need to. I think if I was if I was to give one piece of advice, it's that this is not butterflies and rainbows. It's that I think I think that you have to measure what's happening inside of your business um, because without measurement, I believe that there's no such thing as culture and there's no such thing as um, long-term success. You know, so what's long-term success? Maybe you view it as profit. Maybe you view it as longevity of your coaches. Maybe you view it as uh, excitement and success of your clients. But if you don't actually understand how excited they are or how much profit you're making or how long your coaches are staying, you're just guessing. And I don't think that that's the way to build a long-term successful business in any model. That was really good. I'm very impressed. <laughs> well done. And I do think you should get It's Not Rainbows and Butterflies on a shirt and wear that. <laughs> you never know. I mean, if uh, there's some folks in this program that I have a feeling they might hit me with something like that um, if they listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that is like your slogan and they need to they need to put that on the t-shirt because I, I, people get annoyed with me here. I say it a lot, <laughs> uh, but it's true. And if it's true, I think you should state it because they can't get mad at the truth. Well, they can get mad at the truth, but they have to accept it eventually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, the thing is, is we, we've got to remember, you know, the reason why I try, I, I do take such an analytical approach is because we are in a business that is highly based around relationships and emotion. And if we forget that, then we won't have long-term success. So you have to remember that your clients are built around emotion, they're human beings, and so you've gotta manage those ups and those downs. And you know, we believe in a more masculine model, not male or female, but a more masculine coaching model where you have to help manage those ups and downs for your clients. You know, So if you can do that in a measured way, you're already in a much better position, right? But if you forget that we're human beings and we're emotional, and if you forget that fitness is very emotional because of all of the hormonal pieces that get elicited when you train, you know, you forget that those pieces are gonna come up for your clients and you won't manage them and you won't measure them and it'll, you'll struggle. Yeah, the relationship is so big and a lot of people out there say that and I agree with it. You have to manage the relationships very well in this business. Um, that's not only for clients, that's also for your networking, that's also for partnerships, that's also for your staff and your coaches. You know, relationships are hugely important in this business. Yeah, and I think, yeah. unfortunately, for some people, it can be easy to forget. So, 
and relationships yeah. are not are not rainbows and butterflies at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. Relationships are yep. hard. They're, it's just hard I, to I, relate I, with people. I dare you to not say that over the next couple of days. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be my catchphrase, and I'm going to be quoting you in it. So I'm getting the T-shirt with it on. So yeah. I, I will give credit to you, so don't worry. But awesome. Well, Jim, any any last words, anything else you want to add, or should we leave it on the, the rainbows and butterflies? I'm going to go a 180 in terms of what I'm going to, to finish it with. Um, and I'm going to say that you really do have to enjoy what you do. Um, that's something that I think, you know, if we're talking about fulfillment, I don't think that it always feels fulfilling 24 seven, but in the big picture, you have to love what you do because that will allow you to align your entire culture top to bottom so that people feel that love that you have. If you don't really love, you know, being on the floor, either you need to stop being a coach or you need to figure out how other people can manage that. You know what I mean? Um, because people can smell that on you. If you really don't love being inside that facility, they will not love it. So you got to love what you do, but not every second. You got to love it in the big picture. So it's not ravens and butterflies, but every once in a while you need a unicorn to come along. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm putting that on a shirt. Awesome. You got it. <laughs> All right, I, I probably should end this now that I'm going way off track. But Jim, seriously, <laughs> thank you so much for just taking the time to just kind of letting us dissect your brain and, and your business mind and, and talking about OPEX and everything you guys are doing. It's been such a privilege to have you on the show today. Super excited for people to hear this and hopefully get pushed into action and feel like they can make their businesses even better. So thank you so much. No, thank you too, Heather. This was great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Awesome.